0: Out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Behind! Wow, that that silence
1: it a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Dumped up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. has
2: got,
3: got, it. got it. it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, hit in! Gregor's touchdown!
1: The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It's going oh, to the end goal! Stephon Diggs makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo! Swing into this! It is over! And where else would you rather be than right here, right now, to quote the great Marvel Levy, because we are at Wegmans! We're at my spot! We're here! (laughs) And not only are we here at Wegmans, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with two very special guests to kick off the show. So welcome, everybody. Glad you're listening on ESPN, Syracuse.com, watching on QSportsTalk.com as well. And we were just saying it before we we came on the air here. You go through the winter, and basketball is what gets us through the winter here in central New York, right? And then you wake up one day, and you're like, oh, my goodness, it's March. March. We're here. (laughs) And speaking of March, and speaking of March Madness, and speaking of the ACC tournament, let's welcome into the show, right off the top, from Syracuse Women's Basketball, we got head coach Felicia Leggett-Jack. Let's go. (laughs) And we got... One of the best players, not only in the ACC, but in the country, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Daisha Fair, welcome. <laughs> How are you, ladies? Excellent. Great I'm to have you. Good to be here. We are ready to go. It is time. The ACC tournament's coming up later this week. We got Syracuse, NC State. We know the matchup, but I mean, Coach, there's just so much to talk about. You and I were discussing it before we came on the air. Like The year goes so fast, and we're here. You guys got a little bit of a break? This weekend, right? A rare weekend off during the season just to get your your thoughts together, get your breath together. Like, okay, here we go. Now it's one and done time from here on out. But just let me start with you, Coach. Just everything this season was, coming in, getting this team together. We've talked about it through the year, but now... You're on the brink of, of going into the postseason here. How are you feeling about everything? I, I feel great. It all starts February 2nd on my brother's birthday when
3: everybody's hoping that the groundhog doesn't see his shadow. <laughs> I'll be hoping that the groundhog sees his shadow so we have more winners, Keep so we have going. some more hoops, That's right? right. And I'm excited. I'm excited about you know what we pulled together in such a short time. Um, young people deciding that they want to join us on this journey with DeAsia saying yes and multitudes of schools I wanted her to come including the number one team in the country said come play for us and I held her to death and she still said I'm going to go with that old lady that drive me crazy (laughs) and so I'm like okay thank you DeAsia and she brought three of her teammates and we brought uh, seven uh, young ladies with us and four stayed and uh, we're really excited about the the journey of that happening and then all of the the fun things that we, we did in between
1: Deja, it's great to have you here. What a season? Just what are you thinking with the end of the year here, going into the postseason and, and ready to try and get this team not only an ACC tournament title, but get into the NCAA tournament as well?
2: Um, off the top of my head, I mean, I'm just ready to shock the world. Yes. In the number one conference in the nation, in
1: the country, I'm ready to shock the world. You came, as coach said, from the MAC. Come from Buffalo. You guys played some competitive basketball there. But what was it like in the ACC for you? Getting used to that league and, and grinding through it here uh, to the end, uh, right till uh, with the ACC tournament uh, on the doorstep. Here, I think it was
2: probably the most easy feeling I could get. Um, you know, meeting players that are similar to me, more like. Doing it on a consistent basis is what it was like and what the adjustment was from the MAC to the ACC, and I think that was the biggest shock, but it was easy to do because they
1: were more like me. Coach, she played like she was in the ACC all along. I mean, it, it, it's like there wasn't a transition there. She played in that league as if she belonged in that league, and now, like we said, we'll see all the postseason accolades that are going to come here. But how surprised were you to see not only Deasia but this team just kind of streamline into the ACC? Because you had so many new pieces to come together. And what you said, it this turned out to be the toughest league in college basketball this year. If you guys get in, and we know you're going to get in, knock on wood. That's nine teams. From one league getting in—that's a lot. So to jump right in there and be in the mix, it's tough to come together right away.
3: Well, you know, it's my thirty-fourth year of coaching, and, and, and talent is talent, and basketball is basketball. And I you know I never looked at myself as a mid-major coach or a major coach. I'm, I I know talent, and I know skill set, and uh, it wasn't a transition for her or, or, or myself due to the fact that we've been around uh, this talent for a long time. And uh, what everyone—the knock on Deasia was. Oh, yeah, she did that little 20 point game, points a game, and the mid major is gonna be, a, you know, she's small. You know, she's small. I, I, I knew she was small when I recruited her. And uh, it was neat to see her go out there and, and be free. I think it has a lot to do with my staff as well. My staff really, really set the table that basketball is basketball. One day we even measured a rim, make certain sure it was, uh, you know, 10 feet. your stuff. You know, Love I did 94 yeah. feet and cross that line 94 feet. And, and, and it's just a fun game, you know. A lot of people take this game way, way, way too serious and, and make it uh, bigger than what it needs to be. You know, you, you check ball, you score more than me, you win. If I score more than you, you then I win. But one thing that we teach uh, in, uh, beyond that is that what's our story? after the game is over, what do we want to tell the audience or, or the fans or or even the mirror ourselves? And so that's what we go more into, and that's the big challenge for us, and that's what we really get after. But, you know, as far as our team is concerned, we brought in some young people that really looked at the ACC as like this, the big beer, and where there's a little, little, small, little um, uh, ant. I said, but you know what? If we put all the ants together, the ants can eat the elephant, right? That's the one thing there that the go. elephants are afraid of, right, is a bunch of ants. And you know what the ants are? They're a litany of of, of, of all women. And so they kill off the men. No disrespect. I'm not trying to talk this off wrong. But the ants, that's the one thing the elephant's afraid of. Them. And that's not to say that anybody's afraid of us. But we are a bunch of ants, that small, mid-major people that came together for a story to tell. And we are not afraid of it. We're not overexcited about it. But we're here to tell our story one possession at a time.
1: Deja, just from talking to Coach on the radio this year, she has more stories like that than I've ever heard. You must have heard many more stories like that. She can compare anything to basketball. That Ant story is just another one. <laughs> that, it's amazing to hear all the analogies she has. Is there one that is your favorite that she has said that has stuck with you and, and, has, and has helped your game? I wouldn't say um, it's a story. It's
2: just a few sayings, of course, that she has said over the past few years that will stick with me for a lifetime. And I think that is probably one of the most important things about why I play for her. So, I mean, it wouldn't
1: be a story. It's just who she is. You came with Coach here to Syracuse when you knew she was coming. Like, did you know right away you were going to come with Coach? Honestly, no. No. I didn't. Of course, like it was a thought. It was
2: okay. Let's let's think about what that could be like, or what it what it would turn into. But at first, it was never. Oh yes, I'm just gonna go. No, that wasn't that
1: wasn't the case. Coaches talk so much about to build something on the court. You got to build it off the court too. Yeah. To do that in one off season, we've seen some of the videos. We've seen the hard hat videos. We've seen some of the things that the team's done off the court, but I want to get your perspective as a player about building that chemistry and the things that you did in the off season to do that and, and do it instantly. How did you uh, and everybody just do that off the court and have that to carry on the court?
2: I think once we all bought into what our staff wanted, wanted us to buy into and their vision for us and our vision for ourselves, and once we all, you know, got into the oneness of the unit and you know unified with each other and you know focused on one thing and got the same goal and the same vision all of the stuff off the court all of the team bonding and the events with the coaches and without the staff is what really what really helped us and then I mean like I said the vision and the goal has to be the main thing for everyone for us
1: to be successful. What has a coach meant to you off the court? You've you said a lot. She's like your mom, yeah, right? I mean, to have that bond with a coach has is, is got to be amazing.
2: Yeah, it's like basically the mom away from home and the second mom that you'll always have. So, I mean, that's the best way I could put
1: it into words fast. We've got Coach Jack. We've got De'Age Fair. We're live here at Wegmans at the Burger Bar. Come on by. Hang with us here. We're going to be here until 6 o'clock. Doing the show, talking some hoops, and I mean, do I have to really beg you to come to Wegmans any day of the week? And I'm here like five days a week. This is great to be on her Monday. Air quotes working right now. This is great, talking hoops with Coach Indy Asia here. So, Coach, you've got NC State. We know the matchup coming up here, ACC tournament in a, in a few days, and you guys had a close one against yeah. NC State. Now, that was back on New Year's Day. This is We're almost at March 1st now, so there's been a gap there, but... What lessons do you take from that first matchup? What are you thinking about going into this
3: one? Well, we competed with them for three quarters, and, and I think that we've gotten better, and I think we're healthier. Um, they're a great team. Wes is a, an incredible coach. He's been doing this for a long time. and Everywhere he's been, he's been successful. Chattanooga, now at NC State and in multiple places, and uh, he's been just a successful coach. And I think that you know it's going to be a great game. It's gonna be a, um, It's going to be measured by maybe five points or less. I think that's how close of talent that we we are. I think that we are really ready to, to emerge as one, you know, we, like you said, we did a lot of things in the summer. We did a lot of things, uh, you know, going to the WNBA game, getting a bus and, and making an, we're used to a bus leak. you know, we, every game that we played in, at our previous school, we took a bus. So I put the team on a bus and we drove four and a half hours to New York and get to see uh, alumni for uh, Syracuse play professionally. And so that being on the bus has gotten together. And, you know, it's like, you know, that here, here's another analogy I come up with. There's a poem that I read when I first got in the coach. It said, come to the edge, but why should I trust you? Come to the edge, but I'm afraid. Come to the edge. Come to the edge. You come to the edge, and she pushed you. And then we flew. And we took a long time to get to that edge. And I think that we had a, a – the lights been blinking for a long time. But right around that, that, that middle of February, a couple games ago, in my opinion, that we really finally just dropped our shoulders and said, we, we surrender. And we've gotten healthy, and we're getting great. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge because West, uh, West and his gang at NC State, they've been winning for a long time. So what we're trying to position ourselves is not think about him, not think about them, but think about us, and our blinking light is now on, and it's a green light, and we're coming as one, and, and we want to keep that as long as we can, right? And, you know, if we go and lose a game, then it's over. And so we're going to fight hard to keep this oneness, this unity, this, this, this rise as one, as long as we can so that we can in really enjoy the fruits of all of our labors, the 6 a.m.s, the, you know, getting up the runs and again and again. And she says again and again. And that's the sprints up and back. And how crazy is this lady? Is she's ever going to stop? And how stubborn are these kids? Are they ever going to listen? And, and now it's like, you know, days off, I, I got a call into my um, office coordinator. And she's like, Coach, half your team's in here shooting. And that, that brought me to emotion because – it's on now, and so we need to really keep this as long as we can.
1: DJ. let me ask you uh, the same thing I was talking about with Coach. Let's go back to that first matchup with NC State. What do you remember about that game? And like Coach said, it's about you. It's not about them in a way. But you know, what, what lessons do you take from that first matchup with the Wolfpack?
2: Um, I feel like as close as the game was, and you know, there were some highs and lows throughout the game, and of course throughout the season before we got to that point, and as Coach said, we're better now, and we're, we're more prepared to play whoever at this point and I think reflecting on that game you know we can fine tune things that we did wrong in that game or you know the mistakes that were made we can try to figure out how not to make the same mistakes and you know figure out how to really be successful and do the opposite of what we did in that game although it was it was a close one and the scoring was pretty low for our for our average and it's like the things we did in that game were off in my opinion and it's like if we do the opposite what
1: can be the outcome we talked about the process of bringing this team together, and it had to be done in, in such a, a short period of time. Was there a moment in the season when you said, okay, things are really grooving now. Like, I, I get this. I know where George is going to be. I know where is going to be on the court. I, I, like, did it come together at some point? Do you remember a particular game or a moment? You're like, wait a minute. This, this is really starting to groove now.
2: I think for me, player, like from the player's standpoint, I've always, like, you know, the IQ is a big part of being a basketball player, and I think that I have a very high IQ for the game, and I think that I can play with anybody in the industry if I'm allowed to do so. So I think that I've always just been open and prepared and always would think that way, like, this, this can work. Like, if you think negative, then it can't work. So if you think positive about it, it will work. And then I think that I wouldn't say that there was a moment for me, but I feel like that's always the moment.
1: Coach, um, same thing. Was there a moment this year when you kind of smiled to yourself and said, okay, this is starting to come together here. You're you're a coach. You could always be better. I know that. I know that's what you're going to say. But did you have a moment or a game where you said to yourself, wow, like you said, that work, the 6 a.m. practices, everything you're doing, like this is starting to happen here.
3: Uh, It's still evolving, you know. But when your best player is your, is your, your hardest worker, and your best players in the locker room are saying, this is how, what we stand for. And when you have that, you, you have a shot. And, and you have a strong shot. When, when your best player is one of the best players in the country, <laughs> you have a, a stronger shot. And they all conceded to, this is what we got to do. We've got to get in line. And if you can't play with her, then that, that's not the place for you. Because what she's given is for the team. And She's never, and you know, as great of a scorer as the Asia is, she's more of a, um, uh, of a passer or a person to help you become better than it is for herself. That's why she's so great. And so we realize that, you know, she's gonna stay consistent in in, in the months past in the weeks past and she stayed consistent with we're gonna want, we're gonna earn the right to be in that locker room. We're gonna she makes this run, I'll be the first. No one's ever going to be second. I'm never going to be second. I mean, in any sprint, she's ne- in this entire year, she's never been second. Mile and a half run outside in the cold and the rain, we got to do it because we have to do it. There's no excuses with her. She just does it. If I make them come in at a certain time, she comes in with no complaints. And I, you got a chance when you got people like that. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have not only her to be that way for the last couple of years, three years now we had another kid from rochester that had the same kind of mindset so that rochester area got some really good kids that, that, that really stand for something bigger than themselves and the asia is is one of the special ones special ones that come out of that area
1: DeAsia, anybody that that's been to a game we've got some fans here that have that have been to the games and know. but i've got to ask you about this your dad <laughs> oh. <laughs> he loves go to these games it is incredible to see, and I, 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 I want to say it this way, see his passion. <laughs> to hear his passion, you, if you're in the game, you know it. <laughs> Has he always been like that from, from all levels up, uh, being at your games and being that enthusiastic? It is really something to say.
2: Yeah, I don't mean to, like, bust him out <laughs> on the air, but there's <laughs> <laughs> been times, like, he's been put out because <laughs> he's, like... Over the top, like, oh, man, I love it. But it's great. Like it's great to see. It's great to you know have that support system, of course. But yeah, it, it's been it's been. Fun. Well, as a dad,
1: like I just my daughter would kill me if I if I did that. So I get it. But as a dad, I can see it too. Like yeah. that's that's how proud. He has to see you doing those Absolutely. things out there. Yeah, that's but he is. He is into it, coach. He, you know he's it. A, yeah. he's
3: a girl dad. You know, yeah. and uh, I, he, I don't make any apologies for him. You know, he doesn't just come here and he goes. He's at he's at Duke. He's going to be at Greensboro. He drives his car. He's losing a lot of opportunities, probably for himself because he missed some time with his daughter. And uh, he he is going to show the world that I love my child. And if she was averaging two points a game or thirty points a game. That's who he is. He loves, he calls my baby girl. I think she's a little bit older than that, but he's like, that's my baby girl. And it it just makes me smile. And every time I see him, I give him a hug because, you know, what he doesn't understand is that I never had my father around. I was from Syracuse. My dad was here, and my dad came to one of my games. And to see him support his daughter the way he supports her, it just warms my heart because every girl wants her dad to be able to say, I love you enough to forget about who's out here. It's just me and you. It could be 10,000 people. It's just me and you do you and I'll do me. And it definitely makes me smile. And so, you know, I know some security came to me a couple ways and they wrote letters. I (laughs) pretended I didn't know how to read. I'm like, let that man be a father to his child, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we talked about the matchup with NC State. Deja, let me start with you. Um, Do you feel like you're playing, not just you individually, but is is this team playing its best basketball going into the postseason or do you feel like you – you, you you can always get better but that you're where you need to be with the postseason in front of you
2: I strongly believe that we've been we've been playing like the last couple of games have been they might have been our best um, in my opinion I think of course we can be better in aspects but I think we are playing our best basketball after everything that we have been through as a team.
1: What was the adjustment like, Coach? And we wish Georgia the best. I know she's in concussion protocol right now, so we'll see if she can get available and get back out on, on the court this week. We'll see what that process is like. But you had to make an adjustment right here at the end. Georgia, as you know, De'Asia, just playing great. Yeah. Starting from really that NC State game when she dropped twenty three points and you could just see the build up through. What was that adjustment like for you right here, you know, at the end of the season to have to do that?
3: Well as great as the age is and George's and stretches, um it's the next person up, right? And it's like, you know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And our, our freshman, uh, Kennedy uh Perkins, she stayed ready and it's very difficult to break into that lineup when you got Tisha in Georgia and DeAsia Elena in front of you as a freshman but she didn't stop and wait and say next year I'll be great she said I'm going to stay locked on ready I'm going to be the best scout person that you you can see her time came and and she didn't have to get ready so I just I just think that you know we certainly want Georgia to get healthy (laughs) Karen Miss Karen our, our athletic trainer please help me but you know I just think that you know it'll be really fun to have all of our kids all of our you know bullets in the gun if you will or to, to to really really find out how good can we be and i i really think that george is going to be ready to go by thursday but i'd like the way kennedy's playing elena's playing tisha's starting to play better again and and um you know you you stop one of us you know that we got people we haven't seen yet nana hasn't been seen yet nana's played a great game against pittsburgh and you know asia AH has been hurt Ace AH is playing real well right now and and Kyra's played her best basketball against NC State and in the last game she played about 15 minutes so our young ladies isn't about me getting you know it's we win I lose right and so I think they bought into that and when that time comes they step up and they're they locked on, ready.
1: Coach we've talked about it a bunch during the season but I want to ask you about it here I, I know that every day you appreciate the fact that you are back home and you are coaching this team but I still want to ask you about that Coaching Syracuse University basketball, where you played, where you grew up, coming home and getting to do that. I'm fortunate in that I get to do this show where I grew up. This is this is the only place I ever wanted to be. Do you feel that way now that you're back home and, and it's come full circle for you here? Well, you continue to keep that dream in your mind, but you
3: have to go where the job sends you, right? And I, I was able to see the world, and I was able to be at some incredible in- institutions. Um, but, you know, to wake up every morning and know that you're living your dream, a dream that is not denied. It was just delayed. And I'm, I'm just, I'm humbled by this opportunity. I'm humbled not for myself, but for my community because I think this community needs me here. I think this university needs me here. And I think I want to be here uh, more than anybody can ever imagine. But, uh, I just think that the growth of everything is, 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 always the right time. It's not always the time you want it to be. And certainly when I was in <clears> the <throat> Hofstra, I wanted to, and they said, not right now, uh, Indiana. They said uh, not yet and here is the perfect time because it's the time when I think I need to be home with my family and my, and my my community needs me and I hope I can I can bridge the gap if there's any gap at all where this community is amazing you are know, we came from then you know, you, some people live in the suburbs I coached at West Hill I co- I lived in the uh, housing authority and that hill was so high for some people that you can't go up there because that's where they are, those students in the, the, the Syracuse University. But we have have really done a tremendous job of bridging that gap when I was assistant coach here. I want to help continue that with our, our great mayor that we have and our great you know head of police is, that, that, that we can all come together and just let's make this the place to live first and also go to a great school. And, and if you got to go to a great school, why not go where we're going? to create a dynasty where we all win. And that's the goal for all of us. It's a big goal. It's monumental. But I think that I'm prepared for it to be a part of it as we grow it to something, so a newfound height.
1: D'HL, I'll close with this. Uh, speaking of dreams, everybody here and everybody watching and listening wants you to do what's best for you. But I'm just going to say it. We'd love to see you back here next year.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought, I thought I was on praying. Oh, sorry. Wrong time.
1: <laughs> but one way or the other. It was a thrill to watch you. We wish you the absolute best of luck a c c tournament first yes, then some march basketball to follow. We'll knock on wood on that. keep hoping <laughs> right best of luck thank you thank you for coming here. Thank you for a great season so far and and how much further this this journey is going to take us. It was great to have you. Thanks for coming on with us, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly talk again soon, but thanks for being here today.
3: And thank thank you. you for what you do. Sometimes you, you ask the hard questions, <laughs> and, and you know what? It's fair, and it's fair, and you're always going to be fair, and I, and I respect that, and I, and I want to grow with you, and I want to grow with this university,
1: and I appreciate all you do. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Deja. Thank, thank, thank you, Coach Jack. It's Deja Fair. Coach Felicia, look at Jack as we are live here. At the Burger Bar at Wegmans. We'll come back after this on ESPN Syracuse and QSportsTalk.com. Your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Live from the Burger Bar at Wegmans in DeWitt, this is On the Block with Brent Axe. All right, we are back on the block, ESPN Radio, Q com, and we are live at Wegmans at the Burger Bar, the mothership, the big Wegmans in DeWitt, baby. We are here, and uh, a pleasure uh, a few moments ago to hang with Coach Jack and uh, Deisha Fair as uh, they get ready for the ACC tournament coming up Thursday. Coach and is still here at uh, Wegmans. You want to come hang? Say hello, grab an autograph, talk some hoops as uh, they get ready for ACC tournament play Thursday, 2 o'clock. Of course, you'll hear it uh, right here on the home of Syracuse women's basketball, ESPN Radio Syracuse. That's a 2 o'clock tip, so we'll be on the air after that game, following right up. Essentially give you a little post-game coverage of that one as soon as we find out uh, if uh, the Orange will be moving on in the ACC tournament it's a tough game for a tough first matchup against NC State, and uh, we saw what happened earlier in the year. We talked about it with Coach Jack earlier about that game on January first. Two point game came right down to it at the end. It's been can't believe it's been two months since that game, but it has. And March Madness has arrived. So uh, the chat is open at QSportsTalk.com. Phones open, as usual, at 437-7644 as well. So switching over to uh, what we saw in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Yeah, that was a tough go. That was a tough go for uh, Coach Boeheim's uh, company, uh, crew and company. And and we will get to that, get to your calls and all that here. But uh, we appreciate our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin & Company. Every day about this time, we get our stock market update here, and Bill's been very patient uh, waiting online to do that. Bill, how are you, my friend? Thanks for waiting there.
0: Oh, no problem. It was good to hear from the uh, women's coach. They're on a little bit of a streak here, and uh, the markets are uh, trying to start a new streak as well after the uh, worst week to the uh, new year last uh, last week. Today we rose a little over 70 points in the Dow, so we'll take any positives uh, on today's move. Uh, one po- uh, one diamond today, electric vehicle startup Fisker, which I didn't even know existed, uh, has a uh, SUV called Ocean, based in California. <clears throat> that stock was up on uh, good uh, orders for their uh, car, which I don't even know is out yet. And then on the downside, uh, not many stocks down, but LendingTree uh, was a little bit lower. Higher interest rates are we're hurting a lot of uh, lending uh, practices out there right now. But all in all, nice, a nice start to the uh, new week.
1: Bill, thank you so much for the update. As always, thanks for hanging on there, my friend, and we will talk to you again soon. That's Bill from Lee Baldwin & Company. You can find them at LeeBaldwin.com. Better yet, stop in, have a conversation, make sure you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs. On your portfolio, com is the website. So, yeah, uh, switching over to what we saw in Pittsburgh over the weekend, and I wrote a column about this today. <sighs> Listen, I, I get the identity of, of Jim Beheim as that zone defense, and to just completely switch something up at the end of the year, that's, you can't do that. But I think what we're seeing now is that that has to be an option, right? And I think it's just tougher to build a zone when there is this constant flux of players in college basketball now, the transfer portal, players that are going earlier to the NBA, right, to build that cohesion. And we've talked to players about this, generally speaking. you know, There are people that come right in, they adjust to it right away, and they don't have to do this. But generally speaking, you've got to be in that system for about a year to really know where to go and what to do. Because what we saw in that pit game, knowing they were going to come in taking a lot of threes. Pitt had 13 three-pointers in the first matchup, and you know we were just talking about it with Syracuse and NC State on the women's side. There was almost a complete two-month gap between almost three months, if you think about it, between that first matchup on December 20th and the one we saw in the Oakland Zoo. Tough environment. Pitt had come in shooting a bunch of threes, as it is, averaging, what, 25 three-pointers per game. They're not afraid to shoot that three. What we saw in that game on Saturday were players just flying at the ball, late on the pass, constantly trying to catch up on three pointers. Five different players for Pitt hit three pointers in that game, and it's just tough to defend. And I think the frustrating thing is, offensively, they were actually good enough in that game. Like, I watched this team. How about, look, how about Benny Williams? I have, <laughs> they feel like I've been the last guy on that hill. All year long, that said, no, this guy can still have a role on this team. They need offense, they need shooting. If he could just figure it out, get it together, get out there in a game, and here we are. You know, so I was actually at the lacrosse game, I was covering Syracuse, North Carolina on Saturday at the Dome, but you know, just following Twitter and things happening. Paul Sibilia is actually texting me from courtside at Pitt saying there's been a change in the starting lineup. You're like, whoa, okay. And as we found out, Donna DeToto wrote this. Uh, wrote about this a bit on Syracuse.com today. Jim told Benny, I think it was on the bus when they were going to the airport after the Clemson game. Like, knew right away you're going to start. And not only did Benny start, but Justin Taylor started. So you look at that lineup, and you're like, okay, your best defense in this case is your offense to go after Pittsburgh. And. Guys, how weird is this to be talking about here? Look, I know the game changes and what Jeff Capel has done there at Pitt has been incredible in the offensive infusion that he has put into Pittsburgh. When I think of Pittsburgh, I think if the game gets into the 60s, hallelujah, right? (laughs) Those grinding, physical Pitt teams that we saw for so long under Jamie Dixon. And even after Jamie Dixon, that was the style That was the grind. So to see Pitt drop 99 points on Syracuse is, it's unthinkable, but that's how Pitt is. That's a credit to Pitt and how they're playing, but it's still unthinkable defensively. I mean, the best thing you can say about that game, honestly, is that Pitt didn't get to triple digits. Didn't get to 100. Colgate did earlier in the year, but we have just seen this pattern throughout the season. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here because it's the end of the year. But what befuddles me about this is how it's said. Jim has said often that they do practice it, right? So what's the balance there? Because what you keep hearing it. And, Lukey, if we have any clips back there, let me know. Maybe we can play a couple of clips uh, from Coach Beheim here on this. But just how adamant we have heard, not only when he's asked about it, but just how adamant he is that this is our defense, this is what we stick with, right? And it's clearly not the best defense for this team right now. They're just kind of stuck in what they know and what they are, and they're having a tough time executing it, right? So that's why I think we saw the switch in the lineup. I think that's why you're going to continue to see Jim tinker with this thing as much as he can down the stretch here because, look, they've got a parachute left, and that parachutes the ACC tournament, right? I think they're going to have a hard time winning four games in Greensboro the way they're playing defense right now, but you got to get this team in sync as best as you can. But that was the third straight game that they have lost by seventeen or more points because they're just struggling so much on defense. So look, I'm just a talk show host. I'm not a practice every day, but when I hear Coach say that they practice this, I'm just kind of at the point of what do you have to lose? Right? Because what he said and, and Luke,
0: if you got that clip, go go ahead and play it. Let's let's listen in on this. We cannot play man, Mike. You can ask that question a hundred times. We practice it. We look. Did you have a house painter and you say, "Now nah, I want you to paint like Picasso"? That would be good if he could do that, but he can't. We play our defense. This is our defense. That's it. We don't have another defense. We've tried. We tried all summer. We tried in in the fall. Um, our deep man is just not good.
1: So if it's not good, then what is your zone, right? I think that's a fair question to ask. Like, I'd rather see the not good than what we're seeing right now, because what we're seeing right now, it's a real struggle and it's putting you at a competitive disadvantage at this point. Now he knows his team better than I do. I'm not a practice every day, but if you are practicing it, I think now's as good a time as any to put it out there. And you know, to say we did it in the summer, we did a little bit in the fall. That's against yourself. Right, and that's in early and non conference play, and they just abandoned that thing quickly. I just I know we've talked about this forever, and trust me, I get the irony of this conversation coming up again. I have defended it for years. I always thought it was best when it was unique and it was something that stood out when it was an outlier. Now it's kind of an outcast at this point, and it's really affecting how this team plays. So look, you got Georgia Tech tomorrow. You're home for the rest of the week. It's going to be an emotional week after that because of the anniversary of the 2003 team that's coming in uh, this weekend, which is going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible to see Jerry McNamara's number finally get recognized. I mean, we knew it was coming, right? But to to have the moment arrive, Hakeem Warwick, and, and think back to 2003. But, you know, you're kind of crossing that bridge between... The current state of affairs and the nostalgia of when Syracuse fans felt, you know, as good as they ever have, which was 20 years ago. It's incredible to think about. It. It's been 20 years since that happened, and the hallmark of that team, the hallmark of every team since that has had success in the postseason or otherwise, has been anchored on that zone. So I think you're you're kind of in an identity crisis right now because that is what has worked for you forever. And to listen to that clip and to hear that, like that's who we are, that's what we do, and we're sticking to it. It's not working. It's not working. And I know it's tough to just flip the switch and do something different here at the end of the year. I don't want to simplify this, but how hard is it to implement it to say, you know, there's number five. Go get them. Right. And and see if that works. And if it's just a total disaster, then you go back to what you are. You go back to your zone and, and you stick to that. Right. For now, it's going to be a tough run here, and the ACC tournament is the only parachute that they have at this point. We need to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We're live here at Wegmans. We're at the Burger Bar. I mean, where else would you rather be? On a Monday or any day, for that matter. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock. Come hang with us here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. We'll come back after this.